When I think of legacy, I think of a man like Henry Ford. With his innovation, he basically laid the foundation of the 20th century. The assembly line became the century's characteristic production mode. His Model T spawned mass automobility, altering our daily living patterns, our leisure activities, and the entire American landscape. When I think of legacy, I think of a lady like Mother Teresa. She began her life's work by simply teaching impoverished children how to read and write. With no real equipment, she taught them by writing in the dirt with sticks. Throughout her life, she received many awards, including the Nobel Peace Prize in 1979. She continued her work with the poor for the rest of her life, leading missionaries until just months before her death on September 5, 1997. When I think of a legacy here in Denver, I know we all think about the Broncos. It's almost impossible to look at the history of the Denver Broncos and not think of the legacy of John Elway. He led the Broncos to two Super Bowl wins, recorded the most victories by a starting quarterback, and statistically is the second most prolific passer in NFL history. You can see his legacy cemented in the Ring of Fame Plaza at Sports Authority Field today. These men and women have built a legacy that will last for generations. And as a church, we know that God is calling us to do the same. This land has been a place of harvesting crops for generations, but soon we believe this land will yield a different kind of harvest, a harvest of souls. Many churches have the motto, if you build it, they will come. But at Orchard Church, we've always had a different motto. Our motto has always been, once they come, then we'll build it. Well, they have come, and now it's time to build it. Ten years ago, we planted Orchard Church in this community. But now we have an opportunity to establish Orchard with its own permanent facility, right here, right now. We've been patient, and we've waited on God's timing. And He's made it abundantly clear, it's time to build. But we're not just building a building. We're building a legacy. We believe that our church, you, will become a legacy builder as we combine our efforts and establish Orchard Church in our community with its own permanent space. Our vision is to multiply disciple-making churches. With our own 51,000 square foot facility, we'll be able to more effectively carry out that God-sized vision. Of all the population of this growing area, 90% claim no church affiliation, representing approximately 55,000 people. The Denver Regional Council of Governments forecasts this region as the new growth capital of Metro Denver. With this new facility, we will have the capacity to reach thousands more in our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Attendance will potentially double in size with only two services, which will represent roughly 5% of our surrounding area. Our 1,250-seat auditorium will be the largest of its kind in a 10-mile radius. This building will allow us to focus on the ministries of our church without the responsibility of setting up and tearing down every week. With age-appropriate environments and classrooms, we will be able to minister to our kids in the most effective and relevant ways possible. We will truly have kids' classes that kids love.
As we enter this historic season in the life of Orchard Church, we have the amazing opportunity to not only establish our church in the present, but also to hand it off to future generations in a financially responsible way. We're ready. Will you join us? We're inviting you to become a part of this with us. We're inviting you to become a legacy builder. Orchard Church. Take out your Bibles and turn to the book of Haggai one more time. Haggai chapter 2 this morning. Who's excited about leaving a legacy in this community? Can we celebrate that this morning? Today we are wrapping up our three-week series in the book of Haggai called The Time Is Now, but also today marks one year since we had our legacy building campaign a year ago, so we're also celebrating that today, and we're tying the book of Haggai to what God is doing here in our church, because in the book of Haggai, God called the people of Israel to build a house for God, to rebuild a house that had been destroyed, and here at Orchard Church, we believe that God has called us to build, and we've called this series The Time Is Now. It was the time for Israel, and we believe that God is saying the time is now for Orchard Church to go from portable after 11 years to permanent, to leave a legacy in this community and be able to continue ministry forward. So we're going to tie the book of Haggai to our one-year campaign today as we're celebrating the anniversary of that. As you're finding your way to Haggai chapter 2, uh, verse 15, let me ask you this question by a show of hands. How many of you believe that we should reward good behavior? You believe that we should reward good behavior if you're parents? Hopefully your kids are like, yes, please raise your hand. You know, we believe in rewarding good behavior, you know, especially as parents. If, you know, our kids are really good or they get a good grade or something, maybe we say, okay, we're going to reward you. We're going to take you to McDonald's and treat you. Now, that's a reward for our kids. For many of us parents, we're like, McDonald's, that's not a reward for us, but we do it for our kids, right? We, we take the sacrifice. Or maybe, you know, when you do a really good job at work, you get a raise or you get a bonus. You know, the, your, your boss rewards you for good behavior and doing a good job. If you're on a sports team and you play a really good game, maybe you're going to be rewarded with the game ball or sticker on your helmet. We believe in rewarding good behavior. Let me ask you this question by a show of hands. How many of you believe that God rewards good behavior? You believe that? Amen? We, we call that blessing, that God blesses us when we do what he asks us to do. We call it obedience. And as we wrap up the book of Haggai today and our series, The Time Is Now, we're going to talk about the blessing of obedience, that God loves us. He wants to bless us. Do you believe that, church, that we have a God that wants to bless us? We, he wants to bless us, but I say this all the time. We have to be blessable. We have to be in a place of blessing, and the key to blessing is obedience. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 27, simply says it like this. Help me out, church. You will be, let's say it together, blessed if you obey. You see, that's the prerequisite to blessing. You will be blessed if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today. And that's what we've been studying and learning in the book of Haggai. God had called his people to do something very specific, and he said, the time is now, and if you obey me, I will bless you. So for those of us, you know, maybe that are new today, or you've missed some of this series in the last couple of weeks, let me just bring us up to speed before we jump back in and close out Haggai today, what was happening. 
In the fourth year of King Solomon's reign, he built this magnificent, beautiful, amazing temple to God. It was the, it was the house of God where God's spirit dwelt. And it was amazing, and all the people of Israel would worship there. But unfortunately, in 587 B.C., the Babylonians, enemies of uh, the Jewish people, came in, and they took them captive, and they uh, humiliated them by destroying the temple of God, and it, lie, it lay in ruins for 70 years. And they took the children of Israel, they took the nation of Israel, the Jewish people, into captivity for 70 years as slaves. After 70 years of them being slaves and the temple being completely destroyed in Jerusalem, they allowed a remnant of people, about 50,000 Jews, to go back to Jerusalem. And the reason God allowed this to happen is because he wanted them to rebuild the temple of God. If you're with me, say yes. So after 70 years, they got, had a chance to go back to Jerusalem, rebuild God's house, do what God had called them to do. They get back and they started to work on the temple. They didn't get very far and they were opposed by another enemy group of people, the Samaritans. And because the work was difficult and hard, what did they do? They stopped. They quit obeying God. They quit doing what God had brought them back to Jerusalem to do, which was to rebuild God's house. And they didn't just stop for a week or a month, but they stopped for 14 years. 14 years, they did not do what God had called them to do. They, we could say they were not obeying God, they were disobeying God. And in chapter 1, when Haggai, the prophet, he, God raised him up to say to the people, the time is now. You need to get back to doing what God has called you to do. You've put this on hold for 14 years. The time is now. Everybody say, the time is now. The time is now, Haggai said, the time is now to do what God has called you to do. And he, he reminded them, he said, have you noticed the last 14 years? Look at your life. Look what's happening to you. Because you've not been doing what God has called, you have been missing out on the blessing of God. You've been planting much, but you've been harvesting little. You've been eating a lot, but you're never satisfied. You've been drinking, but you're always thirsty. And then he said this, even the income you have, the, the money that you get, your income, it's like you're putting it in pockets that are filled with holes. It just goes in, it goes out. Anybody ever feel like that? And, and he said, and the reason is because you have put on hold for 14 years what God has called you to do. God is not blessing. And Haggai then says, the time is now to obey God. And we've been applying this to our lives uh, personally and individually, but also corporately and collectively as a church. And I would just ask you again this morning, is there any unfinished business in your life? Is there something in your life that you know God has called you to do, but you've stopped doing it or you've put it on hold and you've been waiting? Maybe it's something in your marriage, with your health, your finances. Uh, I know I talk to people all the time that feel like God has called them to ministry, but they put that on hold. They're afraid of what that might look like. Or maybe God has called you to do something to strengthen and grow your relationship with him. And you've, you've just been hesitant to take that step of faith and to obey God and what he's called. Where, where is that in, in your life? That God is saying the same thing to me, to you, that he said to the nation of Israel when they stopped building God's house for 14 years. And he said, the time is now. The time is now to do what God has called us to do. And we've learned some incredible lessons that I want us to remember. We're gonna recap these right now. You have them in your notes. I hope, hope you'll write them down. We've learned these great lessons as we've gone through the book of Haggai. If we're gonna obey God and do what God has called us to do, the first thing we must do, let's say it together, church, is choose the hard right over the easy wrong. If we're gonna obey God, it's not gonna always be be easy. It's going to be challenging. It's going to be difficult. There may be opposition, but if we want God to bless us and we want to be obedient to God, we have to be willing to choose the hard right over the easy wrong. We also must do this. We must obey God. How? Step by step. You remember that? You know, God gave the, the nation of Israel three steps 
to, to get back into obedience and do what he called him to do. He said, you haven't been building my house. Here's what you do. Step one, two, three. Go up into the hills, bring down some timber, and rebuild my house. He was very clear, very loving, very specific. This is what you need to do, step by step. He gave him three steps. Now, they, we like steps four, five, and six, right? We're, we want God to give us all the steps. God's like, no, you can't handle all the details and all the steps. Just do the first two or three things that I tell you to do. Go back and do the last thing that God asks us to do, and then he'll give us the other steps. That's called faith. And so if we're going to obey God, we obey him step by step. We also talked about this lesson. Obedience is our responsibility. Outcome is God's responsibility. When we take a step of faith, you know, we want to know the details. We want to know what's going to happen down the road. And God's like, you can't handle the details. You just do what I've asked you to do. Obedience is our responsibility. Outcome is God's responsibility. The, the, the Bible says this, that the word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It'll show us maybe two or three steps. We, what we want is we want a spotlight, right? We want a spotlight to the future. If I take this step of faith and I do what God's calling, I want to know everything that's going to happen in the next month and years to come. And God's like, nope, I'm going to give you step one, step two, step three. Obedience is our responsibility. Outcome is God's responsibility. And so the nation of Israel, they listened to Haggai. The time is now. And they got back to work after 14 years and they started obeying God and rebuilding the temple, God's house. And it didn't even last a month. And they got discouraged and they got tired and they quit again. Can any of us identify with that? You ever started something in your life and you, know, you didn't even make it a month. Maybe you didn't even make it a week. And, and they quit again and they got discouraged. And so Haggai has to come back to the, them again. And we learned this lesson. He said this, be strong and what church? Do the work. Be strong and do the work. Just do what God has called you to do. We called it brick by brick obedience. You know, pick up a brick, put it down. For them, it was rebuilding God's house. Now pick up a brick, put down another brick. Put down another brick. Put down another brick. In your marriage, in your finances, in your relationship with God, just be strong and do the work what God has called us to do. Be strong and do the work. And we learned this last week. I love this statement. Successful people do consistently what normal people do, what? Occasionally. Isn't that true? That's true in our relationship with God. It's true in our marriages, with our kids, with our finances, in our workplaces, in our careers. Successful people do consistently what normal people do occasionally. And God just said to the nation of Israel, be consistent, do the work, be strong, do the work, brick by brick. And here was the best news of all. We learned this because God said, I am what? I'm with you. Isn't that the best news of all? Wherever God guides, he provides. And whenever we, we're weak, he is strong. When we feel like I can't pick up another brick. I can't put down another brick in my marriage or with my kids or with my finances or with my health. God says, when we're weak, he's strong. I am with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Let us not get tired of doing what is good because in due season, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't what, church? Don't give up. Amen? Just be strong. Do the work. Trust that God is with you. He is with you. Those are the lessons we've learned. Now today, as we close out the book of Haggai, and this series, The Time Is Now, in chapter 2, verse 15, we're going to see the blessing begin to take place. God is finally going to bring his blessings back upon the nation of Israel because they finally started doing 
what God had asked them to do, and they're going to complete the doing of that. But before God tells them about the blessing, he reminds them of all the years when the blessing was missing. First, we're going to look at, you have it in your notes, the missing blessing. He says, you know, I want you to notice when I wasn't blessing you and why I wasn't blessing you. We pick it up in chapter 2, verse 15. He says, look what was happening to you. Remember, before you begin to lay the foundation of the Lord's temple, remember what was happening for 14 years when you didn't do what I asked you to do? When you hoped for a 20 bushel crop and you harvested only what, church? 10. You know, you thought you were going to harvest 20. You only harvested 10. Why was it they weren't harvesting everything they planted? Because God wasn't, say it, blessing them. God wasn't blessing them. Why? Because they had not done what God had called them to do. When, he says, and also when you weren't doing what I called you to do, when you expected to draw 50 gallons from the wine press, you found only what? 20. Now, some of y'all are like, man, that's a bad day when you're expecting 50 gallons of wine, you only get 20. I, I was giving an amen for some of you guys out there, giving you an opportunity right there. I mean, you're like, oh, that, that really stinks. I can identify with that one. Why were they not having as much wine as God as they thought they would, because God was withholding his blessing because for 14 years, they were not doing what God had called them to do. He says, remember what it was like when the blessing was missing, but the time is now to get back to work, do what I've called. Now, verse 17 is a hard verse, okay? This is a difficult one. I don't really like, can I say this in church? I don't really like this picture of God unless you understand the full context of it. Can I say that and God not like strike me? But listen to what it says in verse 17. He says, remember what it was like how you were living when you weren't doing what I called you to do. I sent blight and mildew and hail to destroy everything you worked so hard to produce. Maybe sometimes you feel like that. Man, I'm working so hard and nothing's, nothing's happening. Everything's going wrong at every turn. Why was God doing this? Was God trying to punish them? Was God trying to hurt them? Well, listen to the rest of the verse. He says, I sent blight and mildew and hail to destroy everything you worked so hard to produce. Even so, you, refers, you refused to what? Say it, church. Return to me, says the Lord. It was all about their relationship with God. God was not trying, don't miss this church, because some of you feel this way. You feel like, man, why is God not blessing me? You know, why do I even feel like maybe God's making things difficult for me? God was not trying to punish them. He was trying to restore them. He was not trying to punish them. He was trying to restore them and get them to return to him as their God, as their Father, in a loving relationship with them. That's what he was trying to do here. You know, God, God here, he's lovingly, what he's doing is he's cutting off their supply. He's cutting off the blessing until they stepped back into obedience and what God had called them to do, and they returned to a right relationship with him. What I don't see here is he didn't kill anybody. He didn't send fire from heaven. He didn't send any man-eating cats to take over the world. I just had to throw that in there. He just withdrew his blessing because he was trying to get their attention. I've seen this happen in my life. You know, if I get a little bit off track, God has a way of getting our attention, doesn't he? And one of the ways he gets our attention is by removing his hand of blessing to get us back in a right relationship, to return to a right relationship with him. Parents, you can understand. God is not being unloving here. Actually, God is being extremely loving by what he's doing. Parents, you can understand this. You know, I have, I have a son who is in college. He's eight hours away, 
and you know we help him as much as we can financially with college and paying some of his bills and, and this hasn't happened but if this were to happen if all of a sudden I saw his grades and he's flunking his classes and you know he plays baseball he's not going to practice you know he's just partying all the time and just having a good old time at college but he is not succeeding you know what I'm going to do I'm not going to continue to finance that I'm not going to reward bad behavior. I'm going to, I love him enough to cut off the blessing and to cut off the supply to get his attention, to get him back on track. Amen? Amen. That's what a loving parent would do. That's what a loving God is doing here. And that is also what sometimes a loving God does in our life. He is not trying to punish us. He's trying to restore us. And what turns everything in this story to blessing is obedience. Obedience is the key to blessing. Obedience is the key to blessing. We must be blessable. So God first reminds them through the prophet Haggai, look at your life for 14 years, what it was like when I wasn't blessing you. Now look at what I'm going to do because you've decided to obey. Because they they started to rebuild the temple and then they stopped and then they started and they stopped. And then the third time they start and the Bible tells us they finished and they completed it and they obeyed God fully. And so we go from the missing blessing to the added blessing in verse 18. Now watch what happens in verse 18. God says, think about this 18th day of December, the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. In other words, you begin to fully obey and do what I called you to do. And then he says this. What's the next two words? Say it together. Think carefully. He says, think carefully. And he says to some of us today, think carefully. Think about what your life was like for 14 years when you weren't doing what I asked you to do. Now think about this day, December 18th, as you began to do what I asked you to do. He says, I'm giving you what? A promise. Don't you love when God gives us a promise? Because God cannot lie. And he says, I'm giving you a promise now. While the seed is still in the barn, you have not yet harvested your grain and your grapevines, fig trees, pomegranates, and olive trees have not yet produced their crops. But from this day onward, December 18, he gives them the date. They can mark it on your calendar. The day they begin to fully obey God, from this day forward, let's say it, church, I will bless you. You see the difference? Everything changed when they began to fully obey God and trust God and do what God had called them to do. The day that they began to obey God, it opened the door of blessing for the nation of Israel once again, and God fulfilled that promise. Now let's think about this. As God told them, think carefully about this. Let, let us personally think carefully about this. And I thought about this in my own life as I was preparing this. What door of blessing might our obedience be opening beginning today. If we would do whatever it is, that unfinished business that God has called us to do in our marriage, with our kids, with our finances, with our health, with our relationship with Christ, whatever it is, what door of blessing might your obedience begin to open from this day forward if you'd say, okay, I've put this off long enough. The time is now to do what God has called me to do. That's exciting, isn't it? To think about the opportunities, to think about what that might mean. I've shared this before, I'll share it again. You know, 12 years ago when Shelly and I knew God was calling us to Denver, Colorado to plant Orchard Church, and we had no idea what this was going to look like and how it was going to all go down. God gave us steps one, two, and three, and that was it. We didn't know the rest. And we stepped out on obedience, and we had no idea 12 years ago the door of blessing that it was going to open for our life and our family and this community and this church when we took that step of faith and did what God called us to do. Can we all agree that God has blessed in amazing ways? We ha- and we had no idea. We had no idea 
the blessings on the other side of that door. So you apply this to your life personally as we wrap up the book of Haggai. You know, what is God calling you to do and what blessing might be on the other side of that door as you begin to trust him and step out in faith and if he's saying the time is now. Obedience is our responsibility. Outcome is God's responsibility. The promise of blessing. The blessing of obedience. As we begin to wrap this up today though, it was one year ago, you know, this weekend that over 300 families, individuals, and even kids in our church committed and took a step of faith to do what we felt like God was calling us to do, to be a part of the legacy building campaign. We, we did that because we felt like you know, God was saying, it's time to go from portable to permanent, to leave a legacy in, in this community. And I just wanna thank so many of you who have sacrificially given over this last year. We've been able to save over $2 million in interest alone because of your giving and because of your generosity. And before we've even built our building and completed our building, we can already celebrate the blessings of God that we're able to be a part of because of being, being a part of this church and, and financially being generous. We've had over 700 people who've accepted Christ here at Orchard Church already this year alone. I think that's worth celebrating, over 700 people. We uh, just got back from our annual men's retreat. We took almost 90 men from our church, and yesterday morning, nine men at the men's retreat stood up and said, I'm giving my life to Christ and accepted Christ yesterday at our men's retreat. That's worth celebrating. We've seen in this last year over 150 people go public with their faith in believer's baptism. In this year alone, we've, in the last 10, 11 years here at Orchard Church, over 1,000 people have given their life to Christ, followed the Lord in believer's baptism, getting discipled. We've been making a huge difference in our community, helping in the school system and, and police force and, and first responders and veterans. And we've been able to just be, we've been blessed to be a blessing. We've been a part of eight church plants. Beyond this church plant, we've been able to plant other churches and financially support them because of your, your generosity. We were able to start um, Orchard Latino a year ago, our Spanish ministry, and I want to celebrate this this morning. They went from Saturday night services to Sunday services to better reach people in this community, to fulfill our mission, to help people find and follow Jesus. And last Sunday, they had 106 people at the Spanish service. Can we celebrate that? Isn't that awesome? You know, as we think about, you know, the opportunity to build, build this building, to step out in faith, obedient faith to what we believe God has called us to do. We took a step of faith about four weeks ago when we had our cello, uh, ceremonial groundbreaking. We didn't have our building permit yet, but I felt like God said, I want you to take a step of faith. Don't wait, you know, until everything's laid out, just take a step of faith. So we did, and we had a ceremonial groundbreaking, not knowing when will this be a real groundbreaking, but we took a step of faith. You remember that, church? And, and we did that, and God rewarded our faith. And two Fridays ago, uh, the city of Brighton awarded us with our uh, grading permit. We have our grading permit in hands. Can we celebrate that? I mean, that is a blessing. And if you drive by our property, did you notice the fence is up all around our property now? There's a storage building out there. You guys are going to be driving by this this week, and you're going to be seeing things happening because here's what we found out this week. And keep praying. Our building permit, we believe, is right around the corner. We're going to a city council to get everything finalized, the first meeting in December. Um, but our general contractor, Franz and Pittman, told us they are mobilizing on the grading permit and they're planning to put all the bulldozers and everything the Monday after Thanksgiving. They're truly going to be breaking ground. So can we celebrate that? How exciting is that? And that is all made possible because so many of you a year ago stepped out in faith, in obedient faith to what God was calling. 
over 300 of us committed $2.5 million over the next three years, over and above our regular tithes and offerings. And our prayer was, God, what is the most sacrificial, faith-filled step of obedience that I can make that would be pleasing to you? And we believed when we did that, that God would bless us. Because you can't outgive God, amen? You can't. And I want you to hear a story of, of a couple of families in our church, and we could bring many of these, but a couple of families in our church that took a step of faith, obedient faith a year ago, to be a part of the Legacy Building Campaign, and how God has blessed their step of faith. Watch this. You know, the normal thoughts go through of, um, will this take away from our family? Will this take away from, you know, life and things that we want to do? And we decided that, you know, that it was such a short window of time that the sacrifice is worth it. Being self-employed and owning a business, we kind of ride the tides of the ups and downs. Um, we were going into our slowest season of the year. and. Uh, you just always wonder, you know. Are we taking on too much? Are we taking on too much? And we're taking it out of savings and, and you know, knowing that God will provide. A lot of our legacy commitment depended on how our business was doing. And last year, while it wasn't a bad year, it, it wasn't the best year. I think, though, you know, we kind of talked and and it was one of those things that okay what figure are you looking at and it went it kept on going up I think it went up higher higher than I anticipated it would but um, we took a step of faith it just seems like there's been a lot of very consistent blessings but what's been really interesting is our awareness of watching every single one of them happen. We keep attracting great people into our lives that want to come work for us on staff or uh, within the company or as realtors. And it seems like God just keeps providing the right people at the right time for us. I don't know what expectations I had, but I did go into the legacy campaign a little leery about the commitment we had made because I did not know what the next year was going to be like for business. And so then, you know, we make the commitment and... <laughs> it's been a good, it's been a it six has... months of, might be the best six months business-wise that we've ever had. I mean, it's, it's right there. I mean, it's really close. I know it's because of our commitment. Just to see the tangible aspect of what we have all been committed to for this time period. Um, but it also reminds me that there's a much bigger picture taking place. I love seeing my kids talk about it and they're excited because um, they'll be the first, arguably the first generation through the church. Being able to know that our commitment goes towards yeah. building that building, that's exciting. Like, it's its really exciting. Well, to know <laughs> that all the people that have, have given and all the people who are going to receive the Lord there and people we're going to see in heaven and we're going to we get to say, hey, man, I had a part. I had a part in that. I, I spent, 
you know, I, I stepped out in faith and I gave this much money and, and you know, and, and the Lord blessed me for that and the Lord blessed other people because of what I did as well. So, I mean, I'm, I can't wait. It's going to mm -hmm. be awesome. You know, I think that for me, it's something I can get behind. Um, there's so many churches around town that it's about the building and how big the building is. And for, for us, it's been about... Uh, the impact we can make on the community. And just knowing that we are raising up a generation of those that currently attend the church, those that will be coming to the church in the future, and we're raising up this new generation that's just gonna carry it on, hopefully years and years to come, that they have a home, they have a church family. Save 20 years to drive by it and to see, the, see it full on Sunday and to see different people there and still having the same impact in this community, uh, I would love it. Really, the bigger picture is that God's legacy is going to be able to be spread throughout the generations because of what our church is doing. And it just really gets established even more with a building. For us, our life just works better when we're um, actively involved in something that's bigger than us. The blessings, no matter how big or small, the relationships, the commonalities that get shared, and the relationships that get grown through something like this. In Malachi, you know, it says, you know, test me in this. And um, we were, um, we've tested, and it's worked out well for us. So I would encourage anybody to take that step of faith. Really the biggest thing is be obedient to what God is calling you to do and, and pray about it. Yeah, it's worked out well for us. Hey, can we just celebrate those great testimonies of God's blessing of obedience and steps of faith? That's what we're talking about. You know, as we just kind of wrap this up today and we celebrate and we remember um, our Legacy Building Campaign commitment one-year anniversary today, I want to just encourage you, you know, um, if you're a guest today, first-time guest at Orchard Church, this is a, a special, unique day uh, for us. It's not something we normally do, so thanks for being here today. This is, this is not uh, for you. We're just glad that you're here, but if this is... Uh, Orchard Church is your church home. This is you're part of our church family. I want to encourage you right now just to take out uh, the legacy commitment card. It's there in your newsletter. There's an envelope in there as well. We did this a year ago, and we're redoing this again this year for this purpose and this reason uh, because things change. A lot of things change in a year, and we need to know how to budget moving forward. We don't want, we don't want to take anything for granted and just make assumptions. And so we're asking those of you that consider Orchard Church your church family. We've been talking a couple of weeks about praying about this uh, to turn these in today. We're going to ask you to fill them out. Uh, put them in the envelope, seal it, and then drop in the offering bucket when it goes by at the end of service. And we're asking you to make one of these three decisions. If you made a commitment a year ago and you're able to, you're on track and you're planning to fulfill your commitment, just check that box right there. If God has blessed you to the point that maybe you can increase your commitment, then praise God. Uh, check that. Let us know what you're going to do there. We've had 15 people in our church that have already completed their legacy campaign commitment. They've already completed it. And some of them have said, can we, you know, give more because God has blessed us? And I said, let me think about that. Yes, you can do that. 
that. That will be fine. If God has blessed you in that way and you can increase, then do that. And if you're new to Orchard Church, I know we have over 300 brand new people in the last year, and you'd say, man, I want to be a part of this. This is my church home now. I see what God is doing here. I want to know that I'm in the game. I want to be a part of this, and you want to join the Legacy Campaign. And some of you, God is saying, you know, the time is now. The opportunity is there to be a part of what God is doing. Then check that box. Let us know on the other side what your commitment is and turn those in. You know, some of you, I I believe today, God is going to say the time now to to be a part of this and what God is doing. Uh, Maybe you made a commitment a year ago. Uh, We had some that made a commitment and they put it on paper, but they never actually started giving toward the commitment. And God's saying the time is now to start being faithful, not to Pastor Doug or Orchard Church, but to the Lord. These are commitments we're making to the Lord. Amen? These are between us and God. So maybe you need to start up what you committed. Some of you, maybe you you made a commitment, you started, but you got behind, and God is saying the time is now to catch up uh, with your commitment. For some of you, God is saying join up, get in. Some of you, God is saying raise it up. You know, I've blessed you. You have an opportunity to do even more than what you thought you could do. And the bottom line is he's going to bless us. Because we can't outgive God. And I love what, uh, you know, the Barrows said in the video and the Nordbys, you know. We're investing in something of eternal value that is going to last forever. Not building a building. That building is not going to last forever. But the lives that are changed, the people that accept Christ, that is going to last forever. And we get to be a part of that. Amen, Orchard Church? That, that's exciting that we get to be a part of that. And so, you know, and I realize some of you who are here today, you, you maybe say, you know, I'm not ready to be a part of the legacy because this is a, over and above our normal tithes and offerings. Somebody asked me that last service. Now, this is, this is an addition, right? It is. And maybe you're not ready to be a part of legacy, but you say, I do believe God is saying the time is now for me to be more generous and to, to take a step of faith and be obedient to God's word in the area of giving and generosity. But I'm not sure where to start. You know, well, I'm, I appreciate you asking that question if you're asking that question. Okay. Let, let me show you what the Word of God says, because I think we should start where God starts. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 7, we've shared this the last couple of weeks, God says the same thing in Malachi that he said in Haggai. Now what? Return to me. This is about our trust in God. This is about our, our faith. It's about our heart. It's about our relationship with God. And he says in Malachi, now return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's army. But you ask, how can we return when we've never gone away? We didn't, we, we didn't know we ever left. Should people cheat God? The prophet asked, yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You've cheated me of the what, church? Tithes and offerings due to me. There's a certain portion that God says belongs to me. You are under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. And here's how he tells us to get back in a right relationship with him. Bring all the tithes, 10%. A tithe is is from the Hebrew ma'aser, it means 10%. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple, the place of worship where you choose to worship. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's army, I will open the windows of heaven for you. If you're obedient, if you take this step of faith, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out what, church? A blessing. There it is again. I will pour out a blessing when you obey, when you take a step of faith. So great you won't have room enough to take it in. And then God says something at the end of this in the relation to generosity. He doesn't say anywhere else in the Bible. He says, if you trust me, if you take a step of faith, of obedience, he says, try it. He says, try it. Put me to the test. If I will not what? Open the winds of of heaven and pour out a blessing to you. He says, try it. Put me to the test. And for some of you, maybe God is saying that to you today. To try it. Put God to the test. Take that step of faith. The time is now. And again, I want to share my heart in in relation to this. This is a hard topic to talk about. It gets really quiet in here when we start talking about generosity. 
You know, I feel like, you know, am I talking to anybody, anybody listening? And, and for the first few years of Orchard Church, I didn't talk about this topic. I avoided it like the plague. I didn't want to be one of those pastors. I didn't want to be one of those churches, you know, it talks about, about money. But God said to me, you know what? If you don't talk about this and what I'm saying in my word about this, you're robbing Orchard Church people of a blessing. I'm robbing you of a blessing. I've experienced this in my life, my entire Christian life. I want you to experience this. This is not about what I want from you. It's about what I want for you. It's not about what God wants from you. It's about what God wants for you. Because those of us that have stepped out in faith and obedience in this area of our life, is this not true? Those of you, that, many of you, you know this. You put this in practice in your life. We've learned this over and over and over because God is true to his word. It is so much easier to live on 90% that is blessed by God than to try to live on 100% that is not blessed by God. Anybody with me on that? How many of you experienced that in your life? Amen. You've experienced that in your life. You know this to be true. And I think the reminder that's most important to us in this area is this. God owns it all anyway. Everything we have, the Bible says, every gift from, is from above. It's a blessing from God. God owns it all. The Bible says God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns the cattle and he owns the hills. He owns it all anyway. I said it a couple of weeks ago. God doesn't need our money and he doesn't need our bull. Think about it. Come on, work with me. He owns it all, but he... Ask us to give a portion to him as a step of faith, as a step of generosity. The training wheels of generosity is tithing. And we believe this. We've lived this, that when we give our first and best, the rest will be blessed. We believe that. And God says, try it. Put me to the test. I'll bless you. I will bless you. And for some of you, maybe God is saying, the time is now to take the step of faith. So maybe, you know, legacy campaign is not something for you feel God is calling, but, you know, generosity is. Tithing is for all of us. And so one more time, we did this the last couple of weeks. We, we do this about once a year. We throw this out. It's called a 90-day tithe challenge. Will you step out in faith and you say, I'm going to try it. I'm going to put God to the test. I'm going to give 10% to the Lord. I'm going to give my first and best, believing the rest will be blessed for 90 days. Take the 90-day tithe challenge. And we're going to ask you to sign up for this. The way you sign up is on your connection card. Give us your name, your email, and somewhere on that card, on the other box, just write 90-day tithe. Now you say, why do you want my name and email? You're going to bug me about this, right? No, no, no. I'm going to send you a welcome letter to welcome you to the 90-day tithe challenge. I'm going to be praying for you as a group and by name. And here's the most important reason why I want your email. Because as God shows up in your life, as you're taking the 90-day tithe challenge, the Malachi chapter 3 verse 10 challenge, when God blesses you, email me those stories of blessings. And then we're going to send them out to everyone in the group so we can all celebrate God being true to his promises that if we put him first, he will bless us. Amen? And, we, and I, that's my favorite part about this is that we get to share in the stories of blessings with each other, how God is blessing as we're obedient uh, to his word. So you can sign up for that. Here's the cool thing. The last two weeks, we've had over 75 families and individuals sign up for the 90-day tie challenge here at Orchard Church. Can we celebrate that? 90 people taking that step of faith and making uh, that commitment. So I, I wanna give the opportunity for some of you to join in that today if God is calling you in that way. Some of you, God's saying the time is now to be a part of the Legacy Campaign. Whatever God is calling you to do. I also wanna mention, if you are part of the Legacy Campaign, we gave these out a year ago, these Legacy Bracelets, a reminder of our commitment. We have them at the tables um, when you leave on the host tables. Pick one of those up and wear that as a reminder of your, your commitment to what you've done and what God has said. But you know, as we wrap this up in Haggai, this is not just about finance. This is about any area of our life. Where is God saying to you, the time is now. 
the time is now to take a step of faith obedience in your life whether it's your marriage with your kids your finances your health your relationship with God whatever that God is saying the time is now to choose the hard right over the easy wrong to be strong do the work because God says I'm with you where I guide I provide obedience is our responsibility outcome is God's responsibility what door of blessing might we open in all of our lives today if we take the step of faith that he's calling us to do in whatever area of our life and God says I will bless you the time is now father we thank you for the challenge of the book of Haggai I pray that we would all take a step of faith in our life in whatever area you've called us to that we would step out in obedient faith and step in to your blessing as we continue in an attitude of prayer right now with heads bowed and eyes closed how many of you as believers in Jesus Christ you'd say you know what today or through this series God has been speaking to me about some area of life and he's saying the time is now I know the area of my life I need to trust him I need to take a step of faith if that's you can I pray for you would you slip up your hand all across the auditorium I know there's an area of my life that God is saying the time is now God bless you hands everywhere let me pray for you Father I pray that we would take those obedient steps of faith in our life wherever they may be and that we'd open the door of blessing as we obey you because obedience is the key to blessing. So we continue in an attitude of prayer. Maybe you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. And God is saying to you today, the time is now. The time is now. You put this off long enough. I've been, I've been reaching out to you. I love you. I died for you. I want to forgive you. I want you to have a home in heaven. And, and you know who you are. Some of you, God is saying right now, the time is now. If that's you today, you had nine men in our men's retreat yesterday that, that stood up and said, the time is now. I'm putting my faith in Christ. I want to make sure I know Him. If that's you today, I want to give you an opportunity to make that decision. That's Because God's not interested in your money today. He's interested in your life. He's interested in your heart. And so if you are ready today to invite Jesus into your life as Lord and Savior, I want to lead you in a prayer of faith. It's not a magic prayer or magic words, but if you put faith behind it, you can invite Jesus into your life today. You can say yes to Him today. If that's you, you know who you are. Would you pray this prayer with me from your heart to God's? It goes like this. Jesus, I believe in you. I need you in my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. I'm saying yes to you today. The time is now. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. Thank you, Jesus for saving me. Thank you. Thank you. Heads bowed, nice closed. We continue an attitude of prayer. Nobody looking around for a moment. I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I'd love the privilege and honor if you just made that decision and prayed that prayer and you meant it. I would love the privilege and honor to pray for you that you would grow in your walk and relationship with Jesus from this day forward. So right now, without hesitation, if that's you, would you slip up your hand so I can pray for you? You say yes. God bless you, young man. God bless you, sir, over here. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, sir, over here. God bless you. God bless you. Yes, up here. God bless you. Anyone else? Just put it up nice and nice so I can see it. God bless you. Thank you. Several hands. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Young person, God bless you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Let me just pray for you. Father, I thank you for all those today saying yes to you, that the time is now, putting their faith and trust in you. That's the greatest decision we could ever make in all eternity. Lord, that's why we are here. That's why we are in this community as a church, to help people find and follow you. And we've seen that happen with thousands of people, and we believe that that we're going to see thousands more in the days ahead as we continue to be able to minister in this community for generations and generations to come. Because we're not just building a building, we're building a legacy. And thank you today 
that even without a building of our own, lives are being changed. And we praise you for that. And we pray that they would grow in their relationship with you. And we praise you and we celebrate their decisions today. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Can we celebrate several people accepting Christ this morning? Amen. Amen. If you raised your hand and you said, I prayed that prayer, invited Jesus into my life, I meant it, please let us know about that on your connection card. Drop it in the offering bucket when it goes by so we can continue to pray for you, send you a little book in the mail called Seven Steps to Joy and celebrate your decision. If you're a first-time guest today, I know I met several of you coming in at the door. Thanks so much for being our guest today. Um, hopefully you filled out that guest connection card. Drop that in the offering bucket when we receive our gifts in just a moment. Um, we're not interested in your money at all today, first-time guests, but we're definitely interested in you. And so we're going to send you a thank you note and a free gift in the mail. Um, also, if you're new to Orchard Church and I haven't had the privilege to meet you personally, I'd love to do so. I'll be out in the courtyard by the white tent, so come by and introduce yourself today. I'd love to meet you. Right now, we're going to uh, worship the Lord through our tithes and through our offerings and our legacy commitments. You can drop all those things that you filled out uh, in the offering bucket, and um, so we're going to check out also what else is going on around here at Orchard Church, and so enjoy that. I love you guys, and have a wonderful day. Hi, I'm Mike. Here's what's happening at Orchard Church. We're always excited to see people join our Orchard family. Here are the latest new members that went through our membership class. Church, let's welcome our new members. Next Sunday morning, November 20th, will be a very special service. We'll be observing communion. This will take place in all three services at 8.30, 9.50, and 11.10 a.m. Don't miss this amazing opportunity to observe and remember all that Christ has done for us. Also, next Sunday, we'll be having child dedication in all three services. If you'd like to sign up for the dedication, just go to orchardchurch.tv. Hey, students, make sure to check out Fuel meeting every Tuesday and Wednesday from 6.30 to 8 p.m. at our ministry center. You'll find awesome games, have tons of fun with friends, and hear a relevant message just for students. Feel free to bring a friend and be a part of these awesome nights. For more information, visit the Fuel table in the lobby today. If you've recently began attending Orchard Church and want to know more about us, we'd like to invite you to our Starting Point class. At Starting Point, you'll find out what Orchard's all about, where we're headed, and how you can get connected. It's a great place to start. Our next class will be Sunday, December 4th at 9.50 a.m. in room B118. Just sign up on your connection card today. This is the end of our service today. Thanks so much for worshiping with us. Have a great day, and we'll see you next week.